All right, everybody, welcome back to the Agents of Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul. And I'm Eric. That's right, and we're back here with our uh, part two of our little Star Wars series that we're starting here. Uh, we're going through the original trilogy, uh, if you're just joining us, while going through the uh, the Gillen Vader run. Yep. Um, we're in part two now. Last week we read the first six issues of that 2015 Darth Vader run, and then we watched uh, Empire Strikes Back. Uh, that will leave us with, or no, sorry, we watched A New Hope. Yeah. Empire Strikes Back is what we're watching today. This week, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then we're going to be reading uh, issues technically 7 through uh, 15, but one of those ended up being like a crossover we didn't notice was going to be in there, so we're maybe <laughs> yeah. going to skip that one a little bit. Yeah, uh, it kind of jumps into a, like a weird event. Yeah, there's like a crossover between that and the Star Wars book, which I wasn't foreseeing us having to read for this. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll skip right on past that. I mean, they. I feel like they could have done a lot better job of making that obvious. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Especially because the next run that we'll be doing next week, like it has like a big title page where it's like the whatever, like war yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I wasn't like, expecting this book to be like that, where it was going to yeah. be like an actual superhero book where it would tie in with other books. Like, yep. I wasn't seeing it being like a line like that, but I guess that's an expectation I should maybe have moving forward. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I, it makes sense, I guess. Cause yeah. If they're because if, especially if there's like a Doctor Afro book too. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, they, what they probably did is they probably had a big relaunch of Star Wars books. Where oh, they yeah. were like Star Wars number one, Darth Vader number one, yep. Anakin number one, or whatever the fuck you know. Yeah, totally. Uh, so that's probably what happened, and then they're trying to get people to read the other books. Yeah. Because I think Darth Vader was probably the more popular one, if I had to guess. If I had guess. to, if I had to guess, yeah. Like, yeah, it could have been Star Wars, but was it? I can't imagine it. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Who um, knows? Who knows? Yeah. I think that one was written by Jason Aaron, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. The oh, then, I mean, Wars that book. could have been, been a big appeal. Yeah. I, Gillen's a big appeal, too. So yeah, it's they like, both are. Yeah, so who knows. Uh, but that's what we're going to be getting into this week. A um, couple things before we start. Uh, there was, um, I want to talk about kind of our upcoming schedule moving forward after this, because next week we're finishing our Star Wars series and then moving on to WandaVision for one or two weeks. Yep. Haven't decided yet. It's going to be probably two, maybe one. Um <laughs> Only because I don't know exactly what we're going to be reading and how long it is and how much coverage it needs. Gotcha. Um, but we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, after that, we'll have a short break. And then what I realized, actually, is that we're getting really close, not to when we're going to cover it, but we're getting really close to the premiere of, actually, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's oh, a yeah. lot sooner than I thought it was going to be. When is it? It starts in late March. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's next month. Um, so the way we usually cover TV shows is we'll wait till the end of it, so we probably won't cover it until... April probably yeah um but even still that's on the horizon so that's something we, we, we should start thinking about yeah for sure um there's a couple runs we could do I mean I definitely want to do a run where uh where Sam is Captain America I mm. think that's what I definitely want to do so that means we're probably going to read the the Nick Spencer run okay uh which is where he first took over as Captain America after Captain America was killed question mark I don't remember I wasn't reading comics at the time <laughs> yeah. so I don't know but he was gone for some reason gotcha uh, and then that's when he took over uh That'll be interesting because Nick Spencer's not my favorite writer ever. Mm-hmm. I think he's not my favorite, uh, to put yeah, it kindly. Not, but not familiar. But from what I have, actually, uh, he, we have done a Nick Spencer book. He uh, co-wrote some of those issues of Hickman Avengers. Oh, really? If you remember correctly. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, huh. I don't know how much uh, of a part of it he had in there, but I, a lot of times when there's a guest writer, they are surprisingly active in the writing. Okay. Uh, because you don't bring on a guest writer unless you really have to, usually. So usually if you bring on a guest writer, they did a lot of work. So, yeah, I'm trying to imagine how it is. It, is that more of just like a, one focuses more on dialogue and the other is like big picture? It, it, yeah, it's usually, it, it's uh, it's completely up in the air. A lot yeah, of times it will be something like Could that. Could change where, a lot, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, like the 
overall writer will give you the big picture and they're just like put it on paper. Yeah, yeah. Like I imagine that's how it works, but who knows? Yeah. It could just be like page by page. It could be like Hickman wrote issues one through seven. It's hard to say. Yeah, who knows? Without actually like finding out from the horse's mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's probably what we'll do. We'll we'll play it by ear, though. Maybe we'll take suggestions. If you want to ever leave a suggestion for what we're going to review or read or whatever, uh, we're on Twitter over at uh, Agents of Podcast. Uh, DMs are open if you want to send requests. Oh, yes. Uh, otherwise, if you want to really just like make us do a request, be like, hey, you, <laughs> you fucking podcast, you nerds. <laughs> Guess what you're going to be reading next week? Do you think you have a choice? You don't. This is what you're reading. Yeah, you, you wanna, can do you that. You want to force us. Yes, exactly. We'll do it. <laughs> oh, we'll do it. Gladly. <laughs> make us review some. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> no, what we'll do is if you uh, go on patreon.com slash agents of comic book, we will uh, there's a for, it's only five dollars to request a one week episode. Um, it's ten dollars to request a uh, three parter. So if you ever want to do that, we are uh, we're down for that. Anytime we've done a, a few good ones. We did a Power Ranger series that was requested on Patreon. Mm-hmm. We did a, uh, a Daredevil one. We did a whole bunch of stuff uh, that was on Patreon. So that's always uh, an option you guys have. Yep. Um, but if you ever just want to send a suggestion our way through through Twitter, uh, we'll always pick up on that as well because we'd rather review something that at least one person requested. Oh, but yeah. I know at least one person wants to listen to it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> totally. Hey, he wanted it. Damn it. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so that's an option. Um, so yeah, I think next week will be WandaVision. After that, we'll do like an in-betweener thing. Maybe something not Marvel, certainly. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we gotta break up that Marvel somehow. For sure. And uh, Disney. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So we'll do something maybe indie, I think. Yeah, for sure, yeah. What about Ninja Turtles? I'm just throwing it out there. That's Ooh, an option. Ooh, I, I would definitely- That's an option. I would definitely like that. Yes. Um, maybe go through those original Ninja Turtle movies where the, with the, they have the pizza. Oh, hell yeah. Somehow that's all I remember. I watched them as a kid and I loved them. I just remember the stringy pizza. Yeah, because they'd always scare the shit out of the delivery driver. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I do distinctly remember that. Yeah, they'd that. have to try and sneak it, but then it'd always end up to scare the shit out of them. <laughs> maybe that's why I love pizza. We'll, we'll dissect this. Maybe, I mean, they always made it look so freaking good. Maybe we'll have to do that episode under hypnosis so I can realize I was gonna how say, it subconsciously affected me. Because that was like our like prime childhood growing up. Yes. So like that was like so our I know content. I've seen all three of those movies, but I cannot remember anything about them. I remember images. It was, it was the same way with the Power Rangers yes. when we went back and did that. Like I Watching it, I remember these things happening, but I couldn't remember like linear, uh, like as in order or whatever. So no promises, but we might find a very uh, expert hypnosis expert to come in here and just fucking put us on. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll, then we'll do a podcast episode. I don't know if we want to do that. <laughs> you're walking through the sewers. <laughs> I'm going to get unzipped and you're, just become unhinged. You're being trained by a rat. <laughs> I'm a ninja now. Oh, man. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, one more thing I want to talk about before we get to Star Wars. Before we even recorded this, I, I read a wonderful uh, bit of news about uh, the oh, Star yeah. Wars universe. <laughs> Gina Carano, that piece of shit, finally got fired from The Mandalorian, and I just I was so happy. This was right before we came to record, so I wanted to bring it up. I was, just I'm, a big part of the liberal conspiracy. Yeah, oh, God. <laughs> Cancel <laughs> yeah. culture. For those who aren't caught up, today, at least oh, today man. as of recording this, uh, which is Wednesday, the day before this goes up, uh, Gina Carano went on Twitter comparing being a Republican to being a uh, a Jew in the Holocaust. Yeah, which holy fuck, that's uh, that's bad. That's a rough take. And she's already like had so many problems. Oh yeah, it's things. been just it's numbers. Transphobic, fucking uh, a lot, a lot of racist. anti-Semitism. Oh yeah, yeah. anti-Semitism. Oh, it's all of it. It's been rough. She's a, a fucking mess. Yeah. So thankfully, <laughs> she finally got fired off the Mandalorian, which. They're one for, one for two now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rosario Dawson's still employed, but soon, hopefully. Yeah, I'm already waiting for her turn into, like, just full-on conservative and going on, like, Ben Shapiro and all those talk shows. And yeah. Then, and then just doing, like, those shitty, like, 
super hot like far right movies and like the like the Giuliani one like those super <laughs> like those super low budget ones like that's gonna be her career now. yeah but yeah so I'm super happy about that because you should have fucking consequences for being yeah. a piece of shit and no uh, and people want to act like it's a, a new thing that like people can get fired from their job for voicing like shitty and problematic <laughs> opinions no, it's always in been public yeah. like now it's just on the internet and a lot more accessible so you're just more likely to get caught for being yeah. an asshole you want to know the sweetest part about all of this though i read a thing on twitter before we started that in november Disney was actually planning on giving her uh, character, Cara Dune, a spinoff series. Oh, God. Like her own Disney Plus show. Uh. And then the, she had like some of those like problematic tweets in November even, because yeah. it's always, that's what she's yeah, always doing. For um, sure. And so Disney like saw those and they were like, mm, maybe not, no, 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 maybe yeah, not. Yeah. And so they were planning on giving her her own show. And even in November, like uh, like four months ago, they were like, mm, maybe not. And since then, they've just been looking for a reason to fire her. I was going to say, I, I've heard they've just had her under like a microscope these past few months, yep, so. which uh, deservedly so. And that's just fucking yes. Like you could have had opportunities. You could have like been big, yeah. but you're a piece of shit, so fuck you. Yeah, you had to be an asshole yeah. and an so, idiot. That's uh. A little bit of a, a relief there. So yeah, that's some. I mean, Disney obviously has a lot of work to do to catch up and actually uh, <laughs> do what they're supposed to fucking do. But this yeah, is a good yeah. start. Yeah, it's a start at least. Yes, exactly. Uh, so just good Star Wars news to open up our Star Wars episode. Oh yeah. Uh, but that will bring us into what we're going to uh, cover for this week. This week, we're going to be reading uh, issues 7 through 15, technically, of Darth Vader. Uh, and we're going to watch, uh, well, we already did watch. We're going to discuss The Empire Strikes Back, which we're actually going to open it with. Uh, like we talked about last week and like uh, like we've done on our uh, like Power Rangers episode and things like that, if it's going to be a series where the adaptation came first, we're going to cover the adaptation first. So yeah. strap in. We're about to talk about a really old Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Probably one of the best. Oh, it, if not the best, the best, in my opinion, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, wouldn't would share that opinion. Uh, Empire Strikes Back was. Uh I think probably the technic- most technically sound, like best script, best story, best just pacing. Oh, Star yeah. Wars movie that has happened. Oh, easily. I yeah. think so. Yeah. Besides, maybe Force Awakens. I I feel like Force Awakens is close. Force Awakens has a lot of problems though. That, like, make it hard to watch for me. I don't know. Really? Because for me, I'm watching it, and I'm like, I've seen this movie. Like, yeah, it's very cookie-cutter. Yeah. But, but for sure. But, Whereas, I mean, visually and, like, Oh, sure. Character-wise, I, mean, I, I won't take great. that away from them. Yeah, yeah. certainly. Yeah. Like, character and visual-wise, like, it's It was great, the one but... movie where it seemed like I had a lot of hope for, like, uh, Finn's character and stuff. Oh, for sure. So, like, I'll give them that. Yeah, it was a great setup for a bunch of characters that they did nothing with. Right. But this movie, even, re- even re-watching it, I don't think there's a dull moment. Like, I literally don't think there is. Like, you could argue maybe some of the Yoda parts, but even that is, like, if it was your first time watching it, that'd be supremely interesting. Oh, yeah. So, like, uh, so to me, I think this movie is, like, not perfect because it's, you know, any no movie's perfect, but it's yeah, yeah. as close to perfect as I think a Star Wars movie's going to probably get. Honestly, the pro- probably the most dull moment on, like, the rewatch, at least, that, like, struck uh, the most for me was, um, like, near, basically the opening. Like, obviously, the whole, like, Yeti scene is awesome, except we both kind of called it out. Like, Luke kind of bitches out on that. Like, he cuts off the Yeti's arm and then just, like, sprints out. Like, he could have finished that thing off and just and chilled just in, the cave. in the cave. until morning? Yeah. That would have been pretty easy, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, the most slow, like, bad, like, boring part of that movie might be just, like, the five or six minutes that Han takes and, like, finding, like, it's just Luke but wandering that, through the though, snow. I would argue even that ends up paying off. Because oh, it's, it's a really 
good character moment for Han Solo. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because Han Solo was about to leave because he had just yep. uh, wiped out the Death Star, which was his moment of I'm coming back. And and to him, like as a character, it's cool because it's not just instant progression. It's not oh, just yeah. like I'm a rebel now. Yeah. It's like he's like, well, I did my thing. What more do you want from me? Like I blew up the Death Star. I mean, I should be a hero and I should be allowed to go do my own thing now. Yeah. And so that's basically his argument. He's like, I'm going to leave Hoth. I'm goodbye. Like I did my best. Like you guys, I was really helpful, wasn't I? But I'm dipping out now. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when Luke goes missing, it's like, well, shit, like I can't go now. I got to help my friend. Yeah, totally. So I think that's a really good moment of him like having pri- showing what his priorities are, mm-hmm. even if the whole like Yeti stuff is kind of like uh, like cold opening, you know? Yeah. But uh, I-, I think it ends up paying off for that character, at least maybe not for Luke, but for Han, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm in no way bashing it, but like, uh, th- like just that the pacing of that like sequence is kind of weird. I noticed on the rewatch. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, other than that, yeah, the movie's pretty flawless. Because um, the whole Hoss sequence is pretty, I mean, obviously iconic. It's pretty uh, pretty interesting to watch. I mean, that, there's some pretty big plot holes that have been called out, but plot holes, are, I think, are superficial. Yeah, uh, especially with like movies like this. It's like, like it's calling like out graphics in a video game. It's like, yeah. that's not really the point. Exactly. And also, they're limited by their technology at the time. Yep. Um, I guess maybe not with plot holes, but with plot progression. Like, sometimes you just got to get through it. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Like, when, like, for to give one example of like, they say they can't blow up the AT-ATs, but then when they wrap them up, all of a sudden they can blow them up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't make a lot of sense, but fine. You earned it by having a cool strategy. Yeah, maybe they got to be, like, perfectly stationary. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who knows? That's what I mean. It's like, there's little plot details you can kind of rip apart, but it's nothing that should ruin the movie. Yeah, because, I mean, I think pretty much everyone would admit that it's a infinitely cooler to watch him like tangle up the legs like with uh with like freaking flying oh, spaceships and it is and yeah. just like shooting it with a missile oh yeah totally um what's interesting about this movie though is actually luke and the main like the rest of the main cast almost have no interactions yeah basically the first 15 20 minutes and then the last 10 minutes even barely in the first like like luke's barely like he's there during the initial setup of hoth uh, where he kisses his sister, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, he's there for the initial, and then after that, like, when they're fleeing Hoth, he doesn't talk to the team again. Leia, at one point, calls out, like, it's a trap, but that's yeah. the only time they ever talk. She steals Admiral Akbar's Ak- Ak- line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, he stole it. Yeah, he stole it. Listen, Akbar, she's your princess. <laughs> what the fuck? Right? I mean, it was a good line. <laughs> it was. He's paying homage. Right? <laughs> it's pastiche. Yes. Um, but yeah, the whole uh, Hoth scene is pretty cool, just because the way it's set up too. Like they don't, they put you right in the action. Like they could have had a whole scene where it's like the Empire trying to find the base and all this nonsense. Yeah, and then and they, they have to explain why they're there. Then and... maybe running a mission off of Hoth, but no, it's literally right there. It's like yeah. Hoth is being attacked, and we're getting the fuck out. So it's yeah. a really good way to open it, just being like a high stakes immediately. Yep. Um, and all the Cloud City scenes are probably what make this movie really great for me because it, it it's just that layer of like gray kind of like i think this movie is what a lot of like what the mandalorian took its vibes from yeah like that kind of gray just kind of outlaw wild west of like the star wars universe yeah like that's what cloud city feels like to me just like the way that they play lando calrissian is like this is he my friend is he not is this it's very western to me where it's like can i trust this person are we about to draw at high noon yeah, and it's it's a cool contrast to mix with Han too. We're taking like from the beginning of the movie where you know he's like devoted to his friends and like kind of yeah. almost like towing the party line to a sense, and then like when he's with Lando and all like all his interactions with like that environment are way contrasted. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's really dope because the, the tension is super high throughout it. Because Leia the whole time is like, I don't like it here. I don't yeah. feel safe. Like something fishy is happening. Yeah, like, Han Solo's and 
I guess Chewbacca. We don't really hear his opinion. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the, he loves Lando. I mean, until he betrays him, right? Um, and almost kills him. Yeah, yeah. that too. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's a cool way to play that tension up, which ends up paying off really, really well when Lando just walks him into the room with Darth Vader. Right. He's like, hello, join me for dinner. <laughs> and like the way that, and not only that, but the way Darth Vader's written in this movie is like the closest to like a three-dimensional character oh. that any of these three movies get to. Absolutely. And it's such a night and day difference from uh, New Hope too. Because in New Hope, he's almost just like a stoic, like silent antagonist. Yeah. Like, he, he, he almost like barely interacts with anyone in that yeah, movie. He's more like a force of nature than he is like a character. Yeah. In this movie, he seems like a character. Yeah. So I can't see New Hope Vader or even Return of the Jedi Vader sitting down for dinner with Leia and no. Han and can't like uh, Lando. Yeah. Like, no. I just can't see, foresee that scene. Granted, I would have loved to have seen that dinner. They oh, cut, They cut past it, but that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been so good. I want to see that scene. A nice, wholesome family dinner. <laughs> so, why aren't you eating? I can't eat because of my mask. <laughs> but you should dig in. <laughs> I have a feeding tube. <laughs> oh, man. I love my paste. <laughs> and then, like, because I think that kind of just, like, I hesitate to call it street level because it's such an overused term, but that kind of just like bringing it down from like Jedi versus Jedi and bringing it down to like the Star Wars, what it's like for like normal people. I think that's a really fun way to play Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Because it makes it feel more like the Wild West or more like, because I think Star Wars obviously grabs vibes from like samurai movies. I think that's very plain. Oh, yeah. Especially in this movie because he's going to find a samurai master on Dagobah. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Like that's very much what that scene is. Yep. Um, so I think drawing, mixing those vibes with Western vibes, which Westerns are already based on samurai movies, yep. is really cool. Because then I think you get the perfect mix of what Star Wars should be. Oh, absolutely. Like a cyberpunk, yeah. or like more like a steampunk fucking version of uh, of like samurai Westerns, oh, which yeah. is perfect. Yeah, it's a great mix. Um, and just the idea of Cloud City is super dope, too. It's floating kind of uh, uh, mining station that mines a gas giant. That's yeah. pretty fucking cool. And the architecture is one of my favorite in that universe, too. Like, the, uh, obviously, the floating city looks amazing, but, like, the, all the interiors and, like, a lot yeah. of the buildings just look, like, super awesome. And we'll awesome. actually see another one of those cloud cities in the comic book we'll talk about pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty a pretty cool tie-in. Yeah, that one is was. floating in space, too, which is cool. Would have been nice if, the, like, the art was taken a little bit better advantage yeah. of, but... <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers, I yeah, guess. Yeah, true that. <laughs> um... I want to call out because Boba Fett is, there's a big kind of uh, ongoing, I guess, uh, discussion throughout Star Wars that, like, is Boba Fett cool or is he not? Rewatching this movie, I think he's pretty cool. Yeah. I think Boba Fett's role in this is pretty dope because- He doesn't do a whole lot, but- No, but the things you infer from the way he acts about things are pretty cool. Yeah. Because he's the literally the only person in any of these three movies that Vader talks back to. Yeah. Because we see a lot of that in the comic, like Vader having back and forth with people, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. That's always really interesting because anyone who's willing to talk back to Vader, I'm instantly wondering what their deal is. And anyone that he's like well, actually interested in, yeah. like have like conversing with or like giving the time. Where of day he to. doesn't instantly force choke them. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's, why didn't you kill them? Interesting. <laughs> yes. What was that? Yeah. So I think that's cool because I think. What? Because Boba Fett was very clearly meant to just be like a non-character in this movie, in these couple movies. Yeah, I think, just I think a he's set piece, just a, bo- a bounty hunter. Yeah. But the way they play him, the way it ends up being, he ends up being a, a big character, makes it cool in hindsight. I think. Although the real question is, who's is he even the biggest bounty hunter in that movie? Because I think you're forgetting. Is it Bosk? <laughs> <laughs> Did he even say a word? In that? No. I think he just hissed and then like had like two seconds of screen time. If, if you're wondering, last week we had a we, me and Eric have been playing a lot of Star Wars Battlefront two, oh, yeah. and Bosk is one of the heroes yep and so we've been wondering like what the fuck yeah. is a boss neither of us knew who the hell no. that was 
But are we watching these movies? He appears. Yeah. You see him like in his fucking like uh, Power Rangers costume, just stand there, just look up, like hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they they like call together like the best bounty hunters in the galaxy, yeah. and it's like Boba Fett, Bosk, and then one of like the the bounty droids. Oh, was the bounty droid in the movie? I don't remember. The 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 tall like. Oh no! I one? think I'm mixing that up with the comic. He's in, in the, the comic, comic for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's in the movie. Yeah, I, I think that's just Bosk. Um, but yeah, so. I, I, <laughs> Again, we don't really see any of what he does. No, I don't think he really did anything. No, I, don't I think, think he they kind of just like realized that Boba Fett was the had a, had a cool helmet. Yeah, yeah, and they were just like, yeah, I think he can do it alone. Like you other two, go home. This guy's got a cool helmet. It's gonna sell <laughs> toys. Let's do that one. He doesn't spit on me when I'm talking to him. Kids don't like the lizard guy. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of freaks them out. <laughs> um, but it's cool also because the way that they play this middle movie, it's like. The whole movie, they're kind of getting their ass kicked. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting, because that doesn't really happen in any of the other movies, where they're just getting their fucking ass kicked the whole fucking time. Yeah, nothing really goes right for a while. Yeah, Hoth kind of goes their way, but not really. Yeah, Um, it's a small victory. Yeah, but outside of that, like, Han Solo and Leia, they spend the whole movie just fleeing Hoth, going to try to find a place to just, like, dock and repair and fix their hyperdrive. Yeah, a big chunk of the movie, they're literally just chilling out in, in like, a crater of an asteroid. That... The way that's, like, interpreted always confused me. Do they... That whole time, were they inside that worm? I think the worm is implied to live in the asteroid and burrow its way through it like a worm through an apple. See, that's what I thought. Yeah. And those birds they run into are, like, living inside of it is that's the part that confuses me see and that, they very clearly landed inside the worm they didn't land inside the tunnel they landed inside I, the worm that's what i was wondering yeah, yeah. so yeah the the birds just must be like parasites or something that feed on maybe digestion yeah, like mouth parasites. Or something. yeah. There's, there's stuff like that in the ocean i think yeah oh for sure like stuff yeah. that leeches on and just eats the food yeah. that you're eating yeah because yeah, those things they wouldn't have survived like in the atmosphere or, like out in space so yeah something like that because yeah because they make a comment they're like like why is there like how can we breathe in here like why is there like an atmosphere yeah there's a weird scene where they just walk into like a weird mist yeah it's very <laughs> clearly filmed on a set that oh i yeah. forgot i was like this scene's weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> well but thankfully it's over pretty quickly and then we get to cloud city which is beautiful oh yeah um and I, I think going back to the Boba Fett thing, I think part of the reason why I enjoyed that in this movie is it tied back into Han Solo's original problem, which was that yep. he had a bounty on his head, oh, which, yeah. which is touched on here because there's actual bounty hunters going after him, mm-hmm. and bounty hunters that Vader respects, so I think that's a cool take. Like, Vader kind of going after bounty hunters, even though like the Empire's not getting it done. Let's go after the fucking Mandalorian clone. Yep, for sure. Um, the parts with Yoda and Luke are are interesting to watch, because I forget like how funny Yoda is. Oh, yeah. He's not like that in the prequels. I wish no. he was. He should have been. He should have been. I mean, maybe they he had made to him be... More like a, they made it seem like he just like fucking lost it like halfway through. I mean, maybe it's like he had to like play it straight. He's you know he's a diplomat. He has to be all serious. Well, but... that's the thing is like eventually in uh, New Hope he does get that those vibes again where he's like the wise master. But it would be fun in the prequels to have him be like a fucking just like goof more often. Just be like, hmm. Yeah, I would have loved that honestly. Because <laughs> Frank literally Oz- just playing pranks on people. Yeah, Frank Oz <laughs> is so good at that. Just be like, hmm. Right. And like, and however, uh, whoever was doing the puppetry on that for that movie did a stellar job. Because yeah. like, even the facial expressions when he's doing like his quirky laughs are just oh, he's like so fucking funny Luke. in this movie. I had forgotten that. Yeah, he, he he's bitty. He's just like fighting over jerky with R two D two. Like, give it back. He just starts hitting him with a stick. <laughs> It's so funny. God. Um, so yeah, Yoda's great in this. Um, and just like the way that he's interacting with Luke pays off really well too. Cause like at the end it's him and Obi-Wan both begging him, like, please don't abandon your training yep. because you're, if you go out there half cocked and not ready, you're going to lose. Yep. And they're a hundred percent right. 
because that's yep. exactly what happens. Like if you go out there and do that, you're gonna lose and you're not gonna help your friends, mm-hmm. which he did not. No, I want to make that clear. He did go back and try to save them, and they did get away successfully, but not because of Luke. Yeah, they got away on their own because of Lando. Exactly. Yeah. Lando's the one who saved them, not Luke. Yep. Luke went back and just to get his ass kicked by Vader and, and did get not his help. hand cut off. Yes. <laughs> so he's lucky that he that Leia also ended up being force sensitive and ended up yeah. rescuing him because otherwise he'd be fucked. He'd either be dead or he'd be with Vader. Yeah. So I think that's in. Uh, I think that's a cool way to twist that because uh, I think. George Lucas, if he had been directing this, or really a lot of directors, if they had been directing this, would have easily just been like, no, he will complete his training because that's the right thing to do, and my character is going to do the right thing. Yeah. But that's uh, this is the middle movie. This is the fucking like downturn. That's the way to play it. Yep. Like, he's acting like Anakin here, which is really cool to see, especially with all the context we have nowadays. Yeah. Like, this is something Anakin would do. He'd be like, no, my friends are in trouble. I'm going there right now, and fuck your training. Yep, So totally. I think that's a really cool take. I think that's really dope. Yeah, I like that a lot. Because he does actually, and because Yoda and Obi-Wan were right, he didn't go and save the day. Yeah. Like, he wasn't like, yo, fuck you, I saved the day anyway. <laughs> you were wrong, you old bitch. Totally paid off. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were completely right. Yeah, So yeah. I think that's really interesting. Because um, the movie ends with just like, because uh, Yoda has that one line too where he's like, no, there there might be another mm-hmm. who, who's our second hope. Cause, and they even say like, Luke will fail, but there's another. Yeah. And that's the first hint that Leia's force sensitive as well. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's something I definitely forgot about. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, Han Solo gets frozen in carbonite. Yeah. Boba Fett takes him to Jabba. Um, I remember reading a while ago that the reason why they did that initially was because they weren't sure if Harrison Ford was going to come be back, back yeah. yeah, for the third movie. So I think that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good way to like potentially write someone off. Yeah. It's cool. It would have been pretty easy to just have Han be a trophy in Jabba's palace and then just never go there. Yeah, they could have literally just forgot about it. Yeah. Because it ends <laughs> up being just an opening scene of them going to Jabba's hut and rescuing him, which ends up being a good opening scene. Yeah, but oh, totally. Yeah, it makes sense how they could have like done one way or the other. Uh, so main takeaways, I think this movie's fucking awesome, even on the rewatch. Um, I think it's really great. Um, I think that... Um, it's really well paced. The characters all really have their moments to actually like learn something and change for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, Billy D. Williams as Lando is iconic. Fucking really, really oh, good yeah. in this movie. Kills like, it. Carries so many scenes. Like he doesn't get enough credit for this movie. No, for like on the rewatch, I totally forgot that he like he even did that great. I mean, the last time I'd seen that whole movie, well, I was a kid, so I couldn't have fully appreciate it. But yeah, because he's just got so much character, even when he's like uh, at all times, like when he's being like you know charismatic and just like flamboyant. He's really good at that. Yeah. Even when he's having like his moments of regret, he's like, "I'm sorry, they didn't give me a choice. They got here right before you did." Yeah. And like immediately, like just feeling like shit because of it immediately. Yeah, you can you can it, tell you definitely tell. Yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. Even when watching this movie, it would have been really easy to hate Lando like right after that and the characters do because it makes sense but as a viewer you're like I think this guy's conflicted I don't think he wanted to do this he was forced to so that's all Billy D. Williams just being a fucking great actor absolutely so that's dope um, so yeah, that will be uh, Empire Strikes Back. Next week we're going to be talking about uh, Return of the Jedi, which will be the final one of this trilogy. I think eventually we'll come back and do the prequels, maybe even the new trilogy. We'll see uh, down yeah, the line knows. at some point. I think. Yeah, um, that's something we could do. Uh, but then that'll bring us to the comic book we're going to be covering this week, which is going to be, as I mentioned, Darth Vader number seven through, I guess thirteen. We'll briefly talk about the event. And yeah, kind of skip through it. Um, but we're here to talk about uh, Big Boy Anakin. Uh, where we left it, he was on Tatooine, Vader was, with uh, Dr. Afra, 
and uh, kind of closing up loose ends because Boba Fett had told him, hey, we tracked down the kid who destroyed the Death Star. You want to know what his name was? Mm -hmm. Skywalker. Yeah. Oh, fuck. (laughs) So Darth Vader goes back to Tatooine and even mentions kind of in his internal dialogue, like, Obi-Wan, you were clever to put him here, Um, Mm -hmm. which is kind of covering a plot hole from the movie. Yeah. It kind of makes it seem like, oh, you're clever to put him here, the one place I'd never return. Yeah. Which is interesting because it does seem like a glaring fucking plot hole to put Luke Skywalker on Tatooine and call him Skywalker. It's yeah, kind of dumb. That's a big oversight. It's really dumb. <laughs> um, but this, I mean, going I, backwards like this makes it seem a little more plausible. Still dumb, but a little more plausible. Yeah, I mean, I guess he was nearby, like he could keep tabs on him. But yeah, it's like change the Just, name, dude. Change the name. That's the one thing. <laughs> Putting him on Tatooine may be clever. Yeah, because for that's sure. the one place Vader won't look, and Vader's really the only one who cares. But at the same maybe time, you know, like he's one of the most powerful men in the galaxy. Like if he's mad enough, he could just blow that place up. Oh yeah, Death Star Tatooine. <laughs> yeah. He could go Thanos on I mean, his I ass. guess they didn't know they had a Death Star before that when they made the decision to put him there, but Move him. still, yeah, get him out of there. <laughs> hey, Owen, Baru, we're yeah. getting the fuck out of here. We gotta leave. Because <laughs> they knew. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, when they get there, uh, it's after Luke and Obi-Wan had already left, so it's just a burned relic of this place. Because I was wondering that when I first flipped through this, if this was going to be before or after New Hope, yeah. it is after. Yep. So Owen and Baru are dead, and they're just going through, like, what happened here? And uh, Afra actually makes a really insightful comment here. Going through the wreckage here, she says, like, this was unnecessary. Like, she was like, they went here and blasted and destroyed everything and burned Skywalker's parents. Like, he might not have ever left Tatooine if we hadn't done this. Like, this was why he joined the Rebellion. Yep. Yeah, I really like that angle. And Vader's like, fuck, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, She even says revenge is one hell of a motivator. And to Vader, it's like, well, fuck, you're right. (laughs) Damn it, it is. That's my motivator. Shit. Exactly. And he's like, we're too late. Like, we came here too late. Like, this was all a mistake. Um, and he actually calls out, like, uh, he calls out, like, this boy might be dangerous. I sent the bounty hunter after him, and he bested him, which is a scene that we don't, I'm guessing, must have happened in the Star Wars book. Must have, yeah. Because we'll talk about this later. There's a book running alongside this Vader book called Star Wars, which is all about Luke and Leia and Han and Chewbacca. Yeah. Um, that runs alongside this. So that must have happened in that book. There must have been an issue in that book where Boba Fett attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, Luke there's like an, him an off. interaction or something. Yeah. So we, we missed that fight, but it's implied that Luke beat him. Um, the rest of this, I, I think this arc overall, I enjoyed this arc a lot more than the last one. Not that the last one was bad by any means, but no. I ended up enjoying this arc a lot more because I think Vader is doing interesting things uh, and going through and playing off of things uh, in a way that's less passive and more. Uh, we'll talk about it later. There's a person who gets assigned to Vader who ends up adding a lot of tension to the plot. Oh, yeah. Uh, where we open it here is uh, basically Darth Vader and his stormtroopers going in and blasting this drug deal that's going on, or this, uh, I don't know if it's a drug deal necessarily, this kind of underground deal with a lot of money on the table, essentially. Yeah. And uh, robbing, like, the, this uh, this Rodan of his money with, uh, uh, it's hut money that we find out. This seems like the hut's home planet. Yep. Uh, is what's implied, because we see uh, a person who's, um, I don't know what, are they called, is their race called the huts? I don't know. But yeah. whatever job of the hut, wherever he's from, it's either it, their race or the family name. Because hut seems like the family name, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what their species is called, but yeah, not we sure. find more of them here, and they're kind of dressed in these more kind of like uh, yeah, it looks awesome. Actually. Yeah, it kind of seems like more of their kind of like cult- cultural garb. Yeah. For whereas sure. Jabba's probably wearing just more modern Tatooine stuff. Yeah. Um. So it's cool seeing like this, uh, this like these other huts kind of like in the play. Um, and he kind of basically tells them, like, yeah, we're robbing all this money and sending it back on an Imperial cruiser. Mm-hmm. Who knows what'll happen after that? Goodbye. <laughs> uh, which you'll find out he's sending Afra to rob the ship and, and steal the money again. 
So he it's cool how Vader in this run is running kind of like a lot of kind of just like uh, behind the scenes stuff behind the Emperor. Yep. This is a, this is stuff we don't see in the movies at all. Yeah, in the it's movies it's more... all what is thy bidding, my master? Exactly. Yeah, and, it's and, a lot more spearheaded. This is a lot more three dimensional. Yeah. Yep. Um, the first couple issues you hinted at this last week because uh, you had read ahead a little bit, but it's going to be basically a heist issue mm-hmm. with Afra teaming up with a lot of these bounty hunters who Vader hired, including Bosk. Yeah, Bosk shows up. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's right. Uh, he, there's also kind of this. Uh, uh, I don't know. He looks like he's wearing a Mandalorian helmet, doesn't he? I don't. It, I, it, I don't think it is, but it looks like kind of similar. It, lo- it looks like one of the variant ones, almost. Yeah, where it's it's like not a. It's not like how Boba Fett's and like Mando's are. It's like a weird like kind of something like that. Yeah, I feel like I'm missing something there because that character seems like it's being referenced in a way where I should know who that is, but I don't. It's probably a callback to something. It's got to yeah, be. Yeah. I don't so know. I'm missing something there, unfortunately. But the other characters we have, Bosk, and we also have one of those bounty hunting droids, which I only recognize from the Mandalorian Same, now. But yeah. Mandalorian must have been referencing something because this came way before. Probably, I would so imagine. I, maybe that character was an Empire, and I'm just not remembering. Yeah, I, I feel like he must have been. I think it was, I yeah. Think he, but he just obviously didn't have any lines. Yeah, they didn't focus on him at all. Um, so I, I, I throwing these bounty hunters again is kind of cool, even though we, even even with them talking, I don't think I got the rule of cool from them at all. Not like, at all. Even in this, boss doesn't do anything. And when he talks, it, like anytime it's a word with an S, they just like write a bunch of S's. Okay, that part I did like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of cool, but at the same, like that's all he does. That's, that's, that's his all own, he is. That's he's, his he's only a snake niche. boy. Yeah, <laughs> like it, he doesn't say anything like of meaning or cool. Like no, but I mean, it's all to make Afra look dope. So I'm fine with that. Oh yeah, a- <laughs> so Afra absolutely shines in this. Yeah, Afra ends up bodying all of them. Um, because I think that's where Afra's at her. Best like that's oh, yeah. why I th- I'm really excited to finally read her solo book. Yeah, because she's a really cool character. She's basically putting Indiana Jones um, in Star Wars, which yeah. fits perfectly because they're both George Lucas. Oh yeah, because um, she's an archaeologist like a thief, which is really fun to play off of in yep. Star Wars. Because especially working for Vader, she can go and rob the shipment that he just got from the huts yep. and steal it back for Vader. So it's pretty cool. So this ship gets robbed of all this, and Vader's obviously playing this as cool as he can. He's like, oh, who knows who robbed it? Could have been anyone. <laughs> Certainly he, not I. Yeah, because he's playing his own game, which is where uh, I think the most interesting part of this arc comes in, because he had been assigned an officer to kind of keep an eye on him, who did a shit job. Yeah. Um, and now he's getting assigned a new officer to keep an eye on him by the name of uh, uh, in- Inspector uh, Thanoth, who Inspector Thanoth is the fucking star of this arc. In my opinion. And it, literally all they had to do was show me that opening panel of him with that legendary mustache. Oh, that glorious mustache? mustache? One oh of my the top tier mustache. Oh my God. <laughs> and the monocle. Let's oh, not yeah. downplay the monocle. That, well, that's just the cherry on that top. That mustache with the monocle? Not with, just not just the monocle, but I'm pretty sure it has like tech in it too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, that's a fucking Dragon Ball Z monocle. Yeah, for real though. And the way he... And not only that, but character wise... Oh, it's an amazing character. So fucking... Like, I hope this character's in the rest of the book. Like, I hope he's a, a Vader main staple, because this character is fucking dope. I was going to say, like, if they didn't, like, I don't know how the fate of this character turns out, but, uh, like, if, it, like, I don't know how they didn't see this character, like, how well it was written and how, like, impactful it was, like, from the get-go. Like, yeah. I don't know how you would waste that. Yeah, because it plays off, the, it just adds so much tension to this. Oh, because yeah. Because that's what you needed for this book, was some kind of tension. Yeah. Because Darth Vader's just going around doing what he likes, and what and what are the stakes? Like, Darth Vader fails, we know that's not going to happen. Yeah. So you need to have some other stakes at, at, on play here. Exactly. And, and so, like, because some of the best sequences in this run are between Vader and him. Like, oh, all like, of them. 
tension yeah. is always just so freaking paramount. Because like the first scene we have between them tells us the difference between him and these other inspectors who have come yeah, by to keep an eye on Yeah, he's basically like the space Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that's exactly <laughs> what he is, yeah. Because the first thing he does is he looks at Vader, he's like, oh, I heard we were robbed. Interesting. Oh, you must have some insight on this. You're covered in the same kind of moon dust that's on that planet. You must have already been there. Yeah. And Vader's like, uh, uh certainly. Yeah. <laughs> I was doing investigating. Yeah. You're very perceptive, aren't you? And he's like, of course, always. <laughs> you couldn't tell from the monocle? Yeah, and Vader's got a really good line. He's like, I'm just keeping an eye on you because I think you might be dangerous. And he's yeah. like, oh, I am. But only <laughs> right. to enemies of the Empire, of yeah, course. Yeah. And Vader's like, Because <laughs> Vader, he obviously doesn't imply it here himself, but he seems afraid of this oh, guy. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah. definitely afraid of this guy, yep. which is really fucking cool. Like, right right from that first interaction, he knows he has to be, like, flawless in yeah. his execution, otherwise way, he's fucked. And the way he talks, it always seems like he's on to Vader. It always oh, does. Yeah. But you're always left with, like, a little bit of doubt, like, maybe he doesn't get the whole picture yet, mm -hmm. but it definitely seems like he does. Yeah, it seems like for, I mean, we still don't even know how much he knows. We still don't even know, yeah. But, like, I, the whole time, it seems like he could all... Basically, it seems like he could know everything and just be playing coy the entire time just to get, like, all the evidence on the table, but... Yeah, because yeah, anytime just, Vader does something, like, impulsive, which is all... He always... Lot. He's not a thinker. Like, he's not a planner. He does things on the fly if he has to. Yeah. Um, like, he'll run into, oh, shit, that person knows too much. Poo! I yeah. force-choked him <laughs> stealthily. Yep. Like, uh, like, literally last second. A lot of that kind of stuff happens. Um, so it's really cool to see that tension play out where he's like trying to figure out who robbed us and like who could have robbed us. And Vader keeps telling him like, well, what if you're mistaken? What if you're wrong? And he's like, I could be, I rarely am though. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh damn, it's so fucking good. It's not just like the tension between them two. Sometimes they actually agree on things. Oh and yeah. The way that plays out too. Like, cause Vader will sometimes be like, well, we shouldn't be worrying about this theft. There's these rebels who are attacking us. They're the priority. Yeah. And he actually agrees with that. He's like. You're right. Nobody actually knows that we were robbed. Yeah. So that's secondary. You're right, actually. We should go after the rebels first. Yeah, because it's basically a moment where if they didn't do that, then Vader would probably be fucked. Yeah. So, like, but basically, since that kind of benefits both of them, it ends up working out. But, yeah, it's just a really cool dynamic. Yeah, Gillen deserves so much credit for the way he, that this is written, because seeing oh, yeah. two, two capable characters like this bat heads with each other is so hard to write and have it come off satisfying for both characters, and it plays out super well here. Oh, absolutely. The way the tension keeps going because vader can't let anyone know uh like what he's after like because the skywalker connection is something he does not want out yet yeah um so it's really cool having him privately hunt for that while trying to cover his tracks expert right yeah. on his tail <laughs> one, of, one of my favorite examples of this is it's later on i think than what where we are right now but there's a part where they're going into this uh uh kind of den where like a lot of these people who know who uh that, that Vader hired them. Yeah. So, and Vader even asked one of them, like, uh, if someone asks you who sold you the explosives, are you going to talk? And the person's like, of course I will. Of course I will. I'll tell them anything. Mm -hmm. He's like, unfortunate. And then cuts his head off. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, that's really cool. <laughs> right. Like, just seeing him just be like, uh, just trying to like stay one, literally a half step ahead of uh, yep. Thanoth. Just being like, He's right behind me. <laughs> they were dead. They tried to blow up the station. Sorry. It's got to be real quick. One question. Yeah. And Thanoth will even be like, oh, you couldn't have just used your mind tricks on him? Yeah. And Vader's like, uh, don't pretend to know how the Force works. <laughs> <laughs>
like this, this, like this go between of them. I just can't say enough about it. It, it I, I read this this whole arc in one sitting because yep. of Thanos. Like, oh because yeah, because of him, absolutely. Like the other parts with Afra kind of going through, like going to Nabu especially was pretty cool. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, but that's that's really the bread and butter. Of this that's what makes yeah. this so much better than the first six issues, in my yep. opinion. Absolutely, is that added tension because Vader didn't have that before. It was all just watching Vader do things, assuming he would be successful. Yeah, because it's like yeah, the like the. Uh, emperors like on his heels and like is putting like lap dogs to like watch him kinda but like the the two that he like started out with just like en- ended up you don't you never really get the sense they're gonna catch him doing no, something you yeah. never you never have any concern but even in this one and they play it with the way they set that up with the red herring too there's even a scene where Vader's talking to Afra and there's a little microscopic robotic camera yeah, yeah. floating over his shoulder yep. and the second you see that you're like Thanos finally caught him. Yeah. He finally caught yeah, him. Yeah, like, that's it. But then it's played at the end where it's not him. Yeah. Oh, my God. The way they set that up is so genius because you're waiting for the moment. You're like, he's going to catch him. There's no way he's not going to catch yeah, him. Yeah, any second. Oh, it's so good. Yep. But, yeah, basically, Afra goes to this information broker who uh, knows about Skywalker and gets paid in this illegal money that they robbed off this ship. And tells him, like, I know where Skywalker is. He's on this base. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go find him. And then that's when Vader kind of flies in. And Vader has to make sure that that guy dies. Yeah. Because he just talked to Afra, And Afra is, like, the one person who cannot be caught. Mm-hmm. Who cannot be captured. Yep. Because uh, if they go after Afra, they're fucked. And then Vader's whole thing is ruined. Yeah, that's the one piece you yeah. can't afford to lose. So it's really cool seeing that happen. And then immediately Vader with, again, Thanos at his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, going in and this person knows. And then he has to, at the last second like force pull a laser bolt to kill him yep like at the last second it's kind of like eh, he's dead <laughs> oh, oh no. no what an unfortunate accident yeah which is another thing where it's like okay like Thanos definitely could have saw that happen yeah. like but like, he plays it off like he didn't right. so you never know that's what's cool is even when you think he's suspicious he never plays it off like he's suspicious he's always just gathering information until he's got enough yeah and there's never any like panels of like just facial expressions or like kind of blank stares where like it's trying to infer like different reactions that he's giving like this there's never any kind of like little hints like that oh, it's or so anything. it's so fucking fun to read just the dialogue and that's why and because I mean, we've talked about the art uh how we're not the biggest fans of the art um i will admit that with more original characters coming into the fray it it gets better oh absolutely because you yeah. can you can tell this artist does better when they're drawing things that they uh like afra always looks good yep um, because it's their design. They designed Afra. Yep. Um, and Thanos looks great. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's just when they have to draw like the characters from the original trilogy, and honestly, the space scenes and the action scenes are still not great. Yeah. But this doesn't have a lot of that, so it's fine. Yeah, totally. But like, I just—it's so unsatisfying anytime there is like a lightsaber fight or anything to just have it be so static. <laughs> I know. It's so static. Like it's so still. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think I finally figured out how to describe what bothers me about it, and it's just the fact that nothing seems like it's moving. No, like there's a scene later where a uh, a rebel spaceship is trying to fly away. I don't remember exactly where this happened, so I'm just talking about it now. A rebel spaceship is trying to fly away, and Vader uh, stops it by throwing his lightsaber and disabling the engine. Mm-hmm. And that scene looks so fucking bad, <laughs> and I hate it because it's that's such a cool idea of him just like right. cutting off one of the wings of a spaceship with his lightsaber. Yep, like there's a lot of cool ways you could panel that and have it just like the prog- that's all that's a scene that's all about progression oh absolutely. it's not about how you draw it it's all about how you tell that story and and usually with scenes like that when they play out it's always just really condensed like close shots where like especially with that with the lightsaber thrown at a freaking ship like make that a wide shot like and kinda- show the progression like have a, a mini panel halfway through 
crew of the lightsaber in motion. Yeah. You can't just show the lightsaber in the ship. No. And then have it the next panel be it in Vader's hand again. Yeah, you can't show it. With maybe a line of the motion. Yeah. You can't, that's just not the way to do it. It just feels lazy. I think that's what I finally figured out, because I've talked about it, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before. We're not art experts. No. It's really hard to talk about how you feel about the art without just being like, it's good, I don't like it. (laughs) It's really hard, but I think I've finally nailed down what bothers me about the art. It's not the penciling. No, no. It's not the actual drawings, because I think any one of these drawings are fine, usually, unless it's a Han Solo or Luke or Leia. Unless it's one of those. Usually it's fine. The problem is the progression and like the action is not satisfying and not telling a story in the Mm -hmm. way it should. Yeah. That's the problem. There's way too many times where like a a sequence will happen throughout like a page or a few panels where I'll have to go back because it didn't make sense what just happened. Yeah. Like I'll I'll have to make sure what I think happened actually happened. Did he block it with his lightsaber and then return it to his hand and then cut his head out what happened exactly here yeah yeah it's a lot of sequences like that yeah so like the drawings are and like i'm uh, a bad drawing with good progression is always going to be better than bad progression with good drawing oh yeah because if i can understand the story you're trying to tell i'll get past the drawing yeah yeah i'll get past it and i'll be fine so i mean again i just i wish that uh i liked it more i guess is all i have to say (laughs) yeah I don't think it's offensively bad, but it's something that I definitely notice mm-hmm. uh, the more and more that I read this. Definitely sticks out. Um, the other cool plot that happens during this is once Afra gets the tip about where uh, Luke is, Vader confronts her very briefly, like after he saves her life, essentially. Yeah. Uh, after he blocks her off from being questioned by Thanoth, uh, he he like force chokes her. He's like, "Tell me what you found." And she's like, "I." Like just barely gets the words out. Like I found the boy, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Tell me," and she's like. Very ballsy move. Says, I will. Later. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit. And Vader, hold on to that one. Vader doesn't say anything. He's just like, okay. All go right. ahead. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. If that's your decision. Yeah. And so like, she's just like sweating bullets at that point. Like, eh, I'm sorry. Goodbye. Yeah, it's a bold chest move. So she goes to Naboo, where she actually, it seems like, questions. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because he was the one who uh, studied... Uh, 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 Padme's body yep. before she was laid to rest. Yep. So he's one of the only people who knew that she was pregnant and gave a successful birth to two people, the yep. two twins. Yeah, yeah. Um, granted, he gets away with only talking about the one of them here, which even being tortured, he was like, uh, only gave up Luke, which is yeah. pretty admirable. That was probably the compromise to himself. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's something. Yeah, because like, you, you, if you're being tortured, they're not going to let you get away with giving them nothing. Yeah. So like that was his one way of like, at least she's safe. Yep. Um, but the scene on Naboo is really, really good, actually, because it's not only that stuff, like getting like this Luke Skywalker, the Padme tie-ins, like all the Naboo stuff. Like, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But like, what's really great here is we actually do finally get uh, what I was hoping for, which is some a- uh, Dr. Afra backstory, which kind of explains a lot of the questions I had last week. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, wondering, like, why is she so kind of gung-ho about, like... Uh, She's not necessarily pro-Empire, but she's definitely not pro-Rebellion. Yeah. And she's definitely not anti-Empire. No. Um, yeah. And we get some of why that is here, because she grew up on this kind of just like... Uh, her mom took her to this kind of like this uh, border uh, place on the on the Empire, where uh, without like uh, the Empire there, her, uh, her whole family was basically ta- uh, attacked by raiders uh, who came in just from space to just like loot the town and then get out. Yeah. Um, and her parents were killed during this. And she basically was left wondering like, 
why? Like, mm. why did any of this happen? Like, there was some noble rebellion going on somewhere, but it didn't help any of us. Yep. Like, maybe we just needed, like, this, like, regular help. Maybe everyone should just stop fighting and help us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and she, it's a, a short-sighted opinion, but it makes sense by where she's coming from. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's what, that's kind of what I was hoping, because that's why I like Afra because she's not a cookie-cutter, uh, you know, Luke Skywalker rebel you know, she's got. She seems like she's got room to evolve from where she starts. Oh yeah, which is really interesting. And seeing where, why she is where she is right now, and why she thinks what she does. I'm finally. I'm really glad we finally got this because I think it's really. Uh, it adds a lot to her character. Yeah, absolutely. Because once she realizes, like you know, like the Empire would not have helped you there. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is going to be the cool moment where she's like, "Wait, things are sh- just as shitty under the Empire. Like the the rebels are maybe the only hope to actually like." stop that from happening again yeah like if like if darth vader is freaking like can't take care of himself or like is constantly having to like pull all these different strings just to stay afloat like do i want to be a part of this yeah is the, like <laughs> if this is order yeah that's not <laughs> yeah this is rough uh but yeah so it's cool seeing that backstory and the way that she describes it like she's not even like monologuing she's just like and of course my parents lived and they were fine so whatever i'll stop the story there yeah, you get yeah. just enough yep um where it seems like believable the way she's describing this and, like it's not just like you know exposition it kind of seems like she is just having a conversation with this person yep so this is again adding a lot to i think what makes dr afra a really layered interesting character because there's a lot of uh of uh, contradictory things in there, which I think a lot of characters are missing a lot of times. Yeah, for sure. Real people are contradictory. They have opinions that should, like, you could be like, well, that opinion doesn't make sense. What about the one time you did this? Yeah, like, there's always going to be gray areas. Right. It's always like, well, you believe this, but what about the time you helped this person do that? Yeah. Like, character people are contradictory, and that's what I think makes uh, Afra interesting. Yep. Uh, but yeah, she meets up with Vader and, uh, like, gives him the information. She's like, listen, I just want you to know. I was doing it because I had to survive. It was, I hope you can understand, like, that was the only card I had to play. Yeah. Like, I am loyal to you. That's why I'm meeting you here. That's what, The only reason I'm here is to show you that I can be trusted. Yeah. Even when I'm li- doing it for my own skin. Like, I will come back and I will be helpful. Like, I, I won't. Just don't kill me. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So that's, I, I think it's a really uh, kind of, like, interesting back and forth there. That'll be pretty much where that arc ends. It does leave us with the cliffhanger because we talked about how uh, that little droid was above Vader's shoulder. Yeah. And when you first see it, you're very clearly supposed to think that's Thanos. Yeah. Because yeah. he's been the one on his ass this whole this whole uh, arc. Yep. Um. So when you see that droid, you're like, oh shit, he's finally been caught. But it turns out to actually be the uh, the Mon Calamari Jedi guy. Uh, I can't remember his name sadly. The uh, the, <laughs> the General Grievous Mon Calamari guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. And he says like, oh, like. Th- um, you know, he's tracking down some boy. He doesn't have the whole picture, which is helpful for Vader. Yep. Um, but he's like, oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll cut him off. We'll stop him there. And uh, that'll lead us into an event where it's going to be them basically going after Luke Skywalker on this base, which we're not going to talk about now because it bleeds over into some other books. This was a crossover I didn't see coming where it was a, uh, a six-part crossover uh, that I just we did, didn't have time to get into. I don't want to. Yeah, it's, that's the tough part is when crossovers happen because then you have to go back and read a book that you weren't reading. Yeah, and try to understand what the hell these characters are doing. It's yeah, easier here because you know the three characters, but even still. And we were talking about before, like with something like this where it's happening in between two movies that ha- have already been made, you, like the stakes aren't that high because you know these ca- nothing's going to happen to these main characters. That's exactly it because yeah. even in normal comics. You know, events are like that a lot of times. Yeah, yeah. Like, for sure. if there's like a big event where it's like Earth is being invaded and only Spider Man can stop them, <laughs> usually it's not going to end with Spider Man getting killed by the aliens or anything shocking, really. Yeah, yeah. It's always going to be 
the status quo returns. Yep. So even in those events where you could actually change something, <laughs> yeah, I don't usually believe it's going to happen. Yep. Especially in this, I was like, from the very beginning, I was like, this event's going to be bullshit. And not to mention, it just makes, it's just kind of weird in a sense that like, if these major things are happening between these characters that we know or have seen in these movies that like, this would have been a thing. Yeah. It doesn't seem at all like like Han and Leia and any of them have had interactions with Darth Vader before. No, absolutely You never not. get that idea. No. Like it's, I guess it's cool seeing it, but when you try it to is. fit it into the grander thing, it's... It seems a little gimmicky to me. Yeah, like it's a cool like fan fiction thing or just kind of like a side story. But yeah, if you're trying to mix that into like how this universe and continuity works, yeah. so, like it, it's just kind of weird. Um, because yeah, because when you set it up, when you set up an event like that where it's like we found Luke Skywalker, we're going after him, like that, you you've made the you've made it too big. Yeah, because like the reason why this you know Vader- you're not gonna get him right. <laughs> so <laughs> the reason why this Vader comic works is because they keep it small. Yeah, they keep the plots kind of like not. Uh, it's not about the overarching plot. It's no. about the small subplot. Exactly. Which keeps the tension high because you don't actually know what's going to happen. Yep. You know Vader's going to turn out fine, but that's yeah. not really the tension. All that's these, not the point. Yeah. You're worried mainly about Afra usually. Yeah, yeah. Because Afra's this original character who we really like at this point. Yep. Probably our favorite character in the book. Yeah. And, so, and we don't know what her fate's going to be. I mean, we do now that she's got her own book, but when you're reading this, yeah, you yeah. definitely don't. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's really where the tension comes from, which is kind of all just taken away when you go back and make it about Luke and Leia and Han again. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. I mean, because it's cool kind of seeing the interact. Like, in a vacuum, it's cool seeing yeah, the interactions. Yeah, definitely. Like, having like Afro- it's not. It's definitely not totally throwaway, but it's just yeah. kind of dumbed down from that. I don't think it's worth it to, like, I, I think it's cool to see Afra interact with Luke and Han and Leia. I don't yeah. think it's worth it yeah. to make it, to bend it that way. I don't know. For sure, yeah. yeah it's definitely, it, a lot of it feels forced. It, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's too big. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have those interactions. Don't make it, like... This is, we're finally going to capture them because that feels like something that we should have seen. Already. <laughs> yeah, like that would have been a big milestone, like yeah. in all those characters' lives. Right. If you're gonna do a scene like that, it should be like Afra like intercepts them, and I'm just again, this is terrible script doctor, but yeah, something yeah. like Afra intercepts them in, in space and then like lets them go or something really really small. Yeah, like Vader doesn't even find out about it. Yeah, or, like yeah, something like that. Don't have like a big event where like the Millennium Falcon crashes and Vader fights Han Solo. And <laughs> yeah. Fucking uh, Chewbacca fights uh, what's his name? The other Wookiee. Yeah, yeah. Um, who isn't really in this a lot, but I can tell is probably going to eventually be a dope character. Oh, for sure. Because um, I know that he's one of the main stars of the Dr. Afra book. Okay, that um, makes sense. That's like Afra's like one that she plays off of in that book. Gotcha. So that's the thing. It's like when you make it that big, all of a sudden you've lost me. Like you went too far off the rails. You made it too uh, too heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it looks like it wraps up relatively quickly. Next week we'll be starting a new arc in the Darth Vader comic. Uh, I think next week we'll actually be able to finish this run. Yeah. Uh, and then that'll bring us to the end. Next week we're also going to be watching uh, Revenge. No. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi, yes. Uh, which will close out the original uh, trilogy. I think <clears throat> I think eventually we'll go back and watch the prequels and maybe read something else. So if anyone ever has a recommendation for a prequel or at least that era of Star Wars related comic, maybe it's like an Obi-Wan comic, maybe it's a Anakin, maybe it's Mace Windu, who knows? Yeah. I know Mace Windu had a comic. I don't think it was great. Um, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them probably got launched for like six issues and then got canceled. Yeah, just That's to build, how comics just to build are. hype. Yeah. yeah. Or just like feel it out. Like maybe this will be good. It wasn't. Yeah. Cancel it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, maybe we'll do something like that. Because honestly, uh, I would like to rewatch those for better or worse. Honestly, I would too. Because that's one thing I've learned about this podcast is watching bad movies is not always a bad time. Oh, definitely it's, not. It's definitely not. 
because you could you because you'll be like what the fuck they made this what the <laughs> right. fuck i don't remember this happening <laughs> totally so i think that would be a lot of fun i think sometime maybe in 2021 we'll get to that maybe we'll find out yeah depends on what the schedule is uh Next week, though, we are going to do be doing uh, Star Wars. After that, we'll be finally starting WandaVision. So if anyone's reading ahead, definitely go ahead and start the Engelhart uh, Vision and the Scarlet Witch comic. Oh, yeah. Uh, from 1989, I think. I can't remember. Something like that. You'd know better than me. Uh, slightly. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be reading that. Uh, reading all about uh, Tommy and Billy and all the other two characters. Their parents, of course. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that'll be uh, more Marvel next week and oh. the weeks after. And then after that, maybe Ninja Turtles? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? No. Goodbye. Goodbye.